that's okay. It's what we aspire to. It's what we want to become, what our values are and what we are declaring. Number one, that Jesus is at the center of all we do. You know, the Bible says that He is the author or the originator and the completer of our faith. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's all that we can see. So, you know, people say, well, you know, where are you heading? I want to tell you, with a, I want to have a laser sharp focus on the person of Jesus. That's where we're heading. So let's not worry too much about vision. I don't really care about whether we can be the biggest or the best or the smartest or anything about anything. But I want to, I want to know Jesus and I hope you can agree with me that that's, that ought to be our vision. You know, so, but it's also a value that we want to keep Jesus at the center of all we do. And then there's the Holy Spirit that, you know, we expect the personal empowering presence of God to be with us individually and whenever we meet together. So we want to honor and recognize the person of the Holy Spirit. And of course, God the Father as well. That's a given. But we, we want to recognize the Holy Spirit, uh, which is really important. Number three, people. So people, and I talked about this only a couple of weeks ago when I talked about having a heart for the nations. But people are designed and made by God. That makes everyone valuable. We're all valuable in God's sight. And all the people that are out there having a good time today, or as they think, but they're all valuable to God as well. The same. So people are valuable because they're designed and made by God. Number four, disciple making. And we haven't really done much about this yet, but it's a value that's in my heart anyway. We are followers of Jesus, helping others become followers of Jesus. Number five, uh, community. And this is what I'm going to share about this morning a bit in a few moments. Uh, authentic relationships are encouraged both in real time and online. So we believe in online groups as well as in-person groups. And not only that, but uh, we, we really want to see authentic relationships develop. We will talk again about that this morning a little bit. Uh, grace. Uh, we want to be a grace church. Uh, we believe that your past is not your future. Therefore, you're welcome here. Well, everyone's welcome here, actually. No matter what you've been through, what, what happened to you or what you did, or what you were involved in, because God can transform and change your heart. So it's not about where you came from, really. It's about what God is doing in your life right now. We want to be a grace church, serving. So we can be productive, and I love this. We can be productive and effective on the outside. That means what people see of our lives, because we have God's peace and rest on the inside. Well, you know, if you're going to be a, if you're going to be a grace church, You've got to understand something about the rest of God because what, what's the point of, you know, saying that we, we're focusing on Jesus and we want the power of the Holy Spirit. We want God to be at work amongst us. If we're always striving to get things done ourselves or striving to be the best at something or we have to do, do, do all the time, we've got to learn to rest in God and let Him do it. And that's what's happening. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure you've noticed, but, you know, we've been growing a lot lately and, uh, it's, it's because God is doing something. Not, not, we're not that smart or that, you know, special. <laughs> it's just that God is doing something. So that's, what, that's where I want to be. Productive and effective because we have God's peace and rest on the inside. And the last one, excellence. So we give our best because He, Jesus, or God the Father, gave His best, who is Jesus. So all those things put together, uh, that, that's a list of things that we really believe in. And... Um, where are we going here? 
Okay. Praise God. So today I want to share with you for a few moments about community, living in community. That means the way we relate together and the relationships that we have in the church because it's important. And community is important. Community is in the heart of God because God Himself lives in community. You know, God, God was in community before, you know, it's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He designed us to live in community. He was already living in community Himself when He said, let us, God said, let us make people just like us. You know, and there's several places in the, in the book of Genesis where God says, let us go down and do this, or let us do this. He's talking about him, Himself and the Father and the, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They're having a little, little uh, conference meeting, a little, you know, uh, committee meeting. I don't know. Uh, committee meetings, committees are okay, but, you know, uh, I've discovered that the, if you want an effective committee, the effectiveness of a committee goes, is directly proportional to the number of people, is, sorry, inversely proportional to the number of people on the committee. So does that mean anything to anyone? But if... The bigger the number of people on the committee, the less effective it's going to be. Well, here's, God, here's, the, here's the Godhead, three people. That's a pretty good committee. So okay, God said, let's, let's go and do this. Okay, you can, you can understand what I'm saying. Hey, <laughs> If you've ever been in a committee of 20 people, you know how useless they are because everyone's got to say their thing. And that's nothing to do with my sermon. But God designed us to live in community. And about a, few, a month or so ago, God spoke to me about this, I felt, and showed me some things that I want to share with you this morning. So... Um, why it really matters and why we need to have that, build that into our life. What God says about community, because you know what, um, in the world we hear, if, if you believe the hype that's out there, and if you're drinking the Kool-Aid that says we're more connected than we've ever been before, has anyone ever heard that? People are always saying, oh, we're such a connected society and you need to buy this product so you can be connected. It's garbage, mate. It's not true. That, that's the hype but in fact, if that's true, how come we're having an epidemic of loneliness in our society? We, what we need to do is find out what God says about community and build that into our lives. And that's what I want to share a little bit of with you today. So uh, first thing about community, it is about being connected. And, and being con- So what does connected mean? It means that my life is not merely built on encounters with random people. But actually, people are starting to mean something to me. You know, in the, in the world of psychology, there's a, a school in psychology that says it's possible for people in your life to become like wallpaper people. You know, like, like they exist. They're just like the wallpaper. That, that You see them, but they don't have any influence or meaning to your life. And we don't want to be like that. We, we want the people that we that are in our life that we relate to to have that real connection with, that real, that we have meaning uh, in, in our life. And so that's, uh, that's a good thing. And I just think about, you know, what Jesus said, you know, when we come together and we're personally present. Now I'm talking about here, like on a Sunday, like this, or small groups. I was in one of our small groups during the week, and it was fantastic. There, there was just such a warmth and such a relaxed atmosphere and such a, a connectedness of all the people there, about a dozen people, and it was fantastic. It was just wonderful. And, and Jesus said, when you come together because of me, he said, and I'm there, you know, you can be sure that I'll be there amongst you. When you come together, where two or three gathered together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be right there in the middle. So there's no substitute, I believe, friends, for being physically present. And look, we do believe in online. Online is, is valid. 
And I hope that in time to come, we can have many online groups as well because they are uh, in, in the, the spread apart world that we live in. Um, sometimes it's, it's the only way people can get together. Um, but when people do come together personally, physically present, you know, the touch of someone's hand, you know, or maybe a slap on the back or something like that, or, or you know, is that okay? <laughs> or, or a smile or, or an appropriate hug or something like that. There's no substitute for those sort of things. And so uh, that's what's missing a lot in our disconnected world today. So there's a lot of value in that. And the Bible talks a lot about staying connected with people and actually teaches that it's a vital part of our spiritual growth. And that's what I want to share with you this morning, that staying connected as a church, as individuals together, has got a lot to do with our spiritual growth. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Now, this, this Ephesians 4, it's one of the most profound and uh, powerful passages of Scripture that you're ever going to read. And we're going to read a little bit of it this morning. So here's Ephesians 4, 11. These are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And their responsibility, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, um, the body of Christ. So are you saying, Pastor Peter, that I've actually got to do something around here? Well, yes. That's actually what it's saying. It's not saying that the pastor's job is to do everything. It's saying that the pastor's job is to equip everyone to do the work of ministry. I hope you can handle that. But remember, I'm just the messenger. I didn't write this. I just <laughs> It's good. It is. It's so true. I didn't write this. Okay. Then then when we when we all get that, okay. So we will be mature in the Lord. Uh, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we'll be no longer immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Now, isn't that happening today? There's so many new ideas coming all everywhere, from everywhere. If you're on YouTube or you're on, I don't know, Instagram or whatever people get on, it's, uh, you're just going to be, uh, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a time to actually turn that stuff off. Because if it's just too much, too much new ideas and everyone's idea from the other side of the world, that you know you don't necessarily need to try and get your head around that. So uh, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Isn't that true? Sometimes, so, okay. Um, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Doesn't that sound good? Does that sound like the kind of church you want to, want to join? <laughs> well, I, I want us to be like that. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what we're supposed to be. And so... But, but here's the thing. It only happens when the parts are doing their work, when the body stays joined together and, uh, you know, is connected to each other. That's what this passage is really all about. Here's another. Uh, I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Version, uh, that last verse. It says, From Him, Jesus, the whole body, that is the church in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together 
by what every joint supplies. Now, what that's saying there is um, that's, that's quite a, a literal translation of the original Greek language this was written in, that, that when every joint supplies, it's talking about the parts, where, where the parts of the body are joined together. It's talking about the ligaments or the joints where one part, you know, the, the arm bone is connected to the shoulder bone and the, the leg bone is connected to the hip bone, all, all that stuff. The, the joints in the body, in other words, the way we relate together, the connections that exist in the church, it says that something is, comes out of that. Something is supplied. Something magical happens when, when we actually are in those kind of relationships. And I want to talk about that word just for a moment. The connectedness of the body supplies something. Now that word supplies, it's actually an amazing word in the original, the original Greek language. It says, um, what it means is, I just want you to picture this for a moment. You know, the, you know the Greeks, they were, they were pretty big on uh, theatrical presentations. They had these big, you know, stadiums and they used to like the Colosseum and places like that where they'd, they'd put on productions. And that word is actually a word, that it means the person who pays for, who um, underwrites the cost of and then directs an epic theatre production. Um, I'll try and get it. Uh, to fund and lead a grand event bearing all the expenses necessary to stage the grand event in, in, the, in the Greek theater. That's what it's talking about. The person, that's what that word supplies mean. It's talk, what it's saying is something grand, something epic happens when people are in those kind of relationships. Now, I don't know if you can get your head around that, but it's, it's, uh, it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty big word. It's an, it's an amazing kind of a word. Relationships are important in the church. And so uh, when we get that right, you know, um, something amazing happens. That's why Jesus said, when you're together because of me, you can be sure I'll be there amongst you. Another verse that's special in this regard, Acts 2.42, says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and in sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So they were devoted to these things. And we, we want to be, as a church, devoted to these things as well. The apostles' teaching. Now, I'm, I'm not calling myself an apostle here, but <laughs> we do have teaching here. Um, that's why I bring other people in, you know. But, um, and, and, and to fellowship. Um, and that's, that's something that we need to be. That word fellowship is also a, a beautiful word in the original language. It, it, it means more than just hanging out together. It actually means to have things in common, a having in common, or to share in things together, to share in common interests. And so uh, a sharing together, koinonia in the Greek, it's a, it's a wonderful word. And so, you know, some people say, um, I, I, don't, I don't need to go to church. I'm just going to stay home and watch online. Or, you know, I just talk to Jesus. You know, I don't need church. You know? uh, I, think, I think it's a uh, we need to get the balance right in that because there is a real need and there's a real value in coming together. See, the early church, um, people are always saying, uh, you know, you've got to get your content. You know, is any content creators here? It's, a, it's a, a modern word these days. But the early church, they had the apostles' teaching and fellowship. They had content and community. And uh, we need both of those as well. We need content and community. So that's important. So being connected is really important on a number of levels. And I hope that we can build that over time. 
you know, the relationships that we have in the church. Second thing about community, it's also about caring for one another. And I believe that uh, that's something that we actually have to learn because caring isn't, isn't automatic. It may be natural for some people, but not so much for some other people. And if you're one of those people that's a natural, you know, that, that's a, you know maybe you're a mother with young kids and, and you're really, uh, you know, caring comes very naturally to you or maybe you're gifted in that area. You, maybe empathy is something that you naturally have for other people. Hey, that's wonderful. Uh, and I just, uh, you know, encourage you to, you know, use that and, and, and be a blessing to other people. But not everyone has that. Some people are much more, you know, focused on tasks or focused on events. They don't, they're not so focused on the actual, on people as such. But listen to what this says in 1 Corinthians 12, 25. The, the way God designed our bodies, physical bodies, is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. So what that's saying is that, you know, we need to listen to other people. We need to, you know, have empathy for other people. And if maybe, look, I have to tell you, I'm normally a pretty task-oriented kind of a person. You know, um, you know, someone could be um, having a real problem, sort of right there, and I might, I might not pick it up necessarily. That's why I have this wonderful lady over here, is my wife, you know, because <laughs> she will pick it up and she'll tell me, Did, "Didn't you see that? Didn't you see that?" <laughs> I might not, but I want to tell you that that God is working in me in that in that regard, you know. But uh, when I was growing up, I had I had no. Uh, you know, I, I was just very, very focused on what I was doing and blah, blah, blah. So I'm hopefully, I, hopefully I'm improving. But caring really matters. Caring is important. Caring for one another adds huge value in the church. And I'm going to ask Annette to come up right now and just share a little story about caring. You want to come up, Annette? Hello. Am I working? Yep. Um, as many of you would know, my mum passed away about three weeks ago. And um, as you can imagine, it is a time of upheaval. She was 96, but good innings. But what I, what I want to share is um, in that time, this church has just been amazing. The people in this church, the support. And what Peter's been talking about this morning about community, um, I've never experienced what I've experienced in the last couple of weeks from the people in this church. I've never experienced that before. We've had text messages. Someone turned up at our door with a bunch of flowers. Um, you know, people calling, are you okay? The hugs that you talked about, you know, they all mean so much at a time when life's a bit tough. And that community that's here in Lifestream is precious and I would really, really encourage you if you're not connected, somehow get yourself in because that community really does um, mean so much to you and especially at times of um, hardship, but not just those times, in the good times as well. It's great to have people that you're connected to. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Annette. Thanks for that. And uh, to that, I, just, I heard that story during the week and I thought oh, I want to just share that because uh, it's important that we know that and be encouraged in that. It's a wonderful thing and, and, and we can... We can grow in those things over time. We can get better at it. Um, like I said, I, I'm not great at that, but, but I can get better as well. So uh, caring is important, and, and it has to be in balance. 
you know, because uh, it's possible to care too much about some things, and it's possible to care for the wrong things. Here's an example. Uh, it's really important to care for your family, caring for your family, uh, you know, because it's possible in a church, like, well, we've been in church all of our lives, I guess, haven't we, really? And, you know, and I can remember times when, uh, you know, I, uh, as, as, as a person, a, a pastor, and being very, very involved, like being out almost every night of the week, you know, there was quite a period when I was out six nights a week, you know, and, uh, you know, my kids were at home and um, that's pretty dumb, don't you reckon? Pretty dumb. <laughs> it's just flat out stupid, to be quite honest. So we don't put a lot of night things on, but, but we will over time, we'll, we'll grow in those things. But I don't want anybody to be out six or seven nights a week, you know, and maybe a couple of nights a week. If you're, if you're a single person and you've got plenty of time, that's okay. Hey, that's okay. Uh, but think about your family because you just need to think about the higher, it's actually a higher priority, you know, putting, putting them first. So uh, it's also possible to care about uh, the wrong things. And Jesus, Jesus spoke about this. He said, you know, the, the, um, uh, in fact, Jesus brought balance to that last point I just made because uh, he, was, he, was, he was inviting people to come into the kingdom. It was like the, um, the wedding of the great, the, the great wedding feast was being put on. And uh, different people said, oh, we can't come, we can't come. We're too busy with work. I've just bought a block of land. I've got to go and check it out. He'd already been and checked it out previously, by the way, if you study the passage. And then some, another guy said, I just got married. You know, I can't come, blah, blah, blah. So he was really saying that his family was actually keeping him away from the kingdom of God. Um, but in another story, Jesus said, what are the things that keep people away? The cares of this life. The care, in other words, an overemphasis on material things, that can keep you out of the kingdom of God as well. So we've got to get these things in balance. Caring is important, but make sure you're caring about the right things and you put it in priority and your family is pretty high on that list of priority. And I want us to grow in this area of care. If you're going to care for people or care about what's happening in other people's lives, we've got to be able to listen to them. It's so important. Not just talk, talk, talk all the time, but listen. You know, Maybe you're, you're probably thinking, well, he's, he's pretty good at talk, talk, talking. <laughs> but we've got to learn to listen. And, and be able to empathize with people and put ourselves in their shoes, you know, what they're going through and, and encourage them. Be a person who, if you just want to bless people. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. So number three, I'm nearly finished. Uh, community is, okay, community is being connected. It's about caring and it's about contributing as well, contributing to other people. So, you know, someone said we make a living by what we receive, but we make a life by what we give. So that's why we're always talking about generosity here and being, being a giver in our heart. And so ser- like serving together, for example, helping other people, uh, that, that's a great thing. That's you know, contributing to their lives. And I want just, just a couple of points here as we close. In fact, I'll ask our creative team if they can come back up onto the stage right now. So um, serving one another. In Galatians chapter 5, it says this, It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy that freedom. That can happen. So rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. When we have a serving mindset 
And, we, and we're willing and, and we want to be someone who can bless other people. That's, that's a great thing, to be able to serve others and encourage others. It's all about what we can contribute to other, other people. So another one, hospitality, 1 Peter 4, 9. It says, uh, be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. So, you know, the Bible often talks about hospitality, something that, and I think we, especially in this generation and this time we live, it's probably not a thing that people are into so much because we tend to, uh, you know, we're probably more private and more isolated. We're a lot more isolated today than in previous generations. You know, I've discovered this um, a long time ago that, uh, you know, we used to do a lot of traveling between here and Victoria where I grew up as, as, a, as a kid and um, you know and we knew a number of people along the way and and uh, you know I'd say to Del well why don't we just call in and see so and so along the way just just drop in and say hello you know and she'd be saying oh you better ring first you better but what I discovered is this that when you drop in on people and say hello some of you are probably rolling your eyes a bit now I, I don't know I know this is not a modern idea but I don't care because I think it's a God idea when, when you just drop in and say hello to someone, maybe the house is a mess. Maybe they're a bit house proud. Maybe they're embarrassed. Well, get rid of all that stuff. Just get rid of that. You drop in and say hello to someone. Dell's probably going to shoot me later for saying this, but you know what? They'll be blessed. And they'll say, gee, thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. You just make sure you don't, you know, just, just let them know that you don't care that the floor's not swept or, or whatever, or they haven't got a, a cream cake made for you to have or whatever. What do people even have these days? A bunch of Doritos or something. Um, Hospitality is a good thing. And, and I, I want us to, to build, on, build on that. I want us to build that. It's, it's, it's a good thing, hospitality. It's, it's a way we can contribute to other people. We can bless someone else. Call in to see someone and give them 50 bucks. That, they'd probably like that. <laughs> you can visit me anytime you like. <laughs> no, no I'll come, I'm going to come and see you, okay? I'm going to visit you, right? <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay, so hospitality it's a good thing here's another one Romans 14 help others with encouraging words don't drag them down by finding fault now I, I, I was thinking about this and I, I saw something on I was looking at something on YouTube the other day and, and I saw over in the sidebar you know they're always trying to push something else and, and there's this little video of this some pastor in America who's very well known in, this, in the US okay very well known has a like a syndicated TV program or whatever in the US and and he said something a week or so ago, and he made a mistake. He said something that some people didn't like, some of his supporters, because it didn't really fit what they were thinking. And now guess what? The internet is lighting up with all the people who've got a comment. So he shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't have, you know, look, I'm not going to tell you what it was, because, you know, look, you know, everyone's got to have a say about something. Everyone's got to have an opinion about something. And what it is, is it's an expression of judgmentalism. We've, we've just got to be right about everything. We've got to have an opinion. I watched a bit of this. I, I don't want get out of my face. I don't want to watch that. You know, because we've got to focus on Jesus. And if some guy made a mistake in something they said, okay, he'll probably realize it later and change his mind. But it's not my job to correct him necessarily. Anyway, 
Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. We all know someone, oh, okay, this is my notes. We all know someone who has a judgmental disposition. And I would say, don't be that person. Don't be that guy or that woman. Just be a person who builds others up. Help others with encouraging words. Well, when you do that, you know what? You're contributing to that person's life. You're helping to build something. You're building something that's valuable. Community. It's a wonderful thing. Okay, some things we can all do to get better at community. Well, Sundays, you know, be prepared to encourage someone. I often pray when I go to meetings, not even church meetings. It might be some committee meeting or something or, or a family reunion or something. like. That. And I'm praying, God, who can I encourage today? Who can I speak to today? Who can I be a blessing to today? That's what I say. You know, God, lead me to someone that I can build up, someone that I can encourage today. And when we come together on a Sunday, it's great to do that. I, I encourage you before you get here, you know, come with a, something in your heart. I want to encourage someone. I want to be a blessing to someone. What about our community groups? We call them life groups. Um, you know, join one or start one, you know, um, because eventually we'll have a lot more of these groups. And uh, that's, that's a good thing. Um, uh, serving together on a team, that's, that's a really good thing. But can I say this? You know, don't do it out of an obligation. Don't do it just because the pastor said, I've got to, I've got to serve the church in some way. Don't do it that way. Don't do it because of that reason. Do it so that you can be a blessing to other people and, and be a blessing by serving on that team, but be a blessing to others on the team. So that's, that's a wonderful way to build community in a church, just serving. We have lots and lots of teams here that, that you know, on Sundays and even throughout the week. So, uh, and there's a little um, slip of uh, little, some little blue forms over there about volunteering at Livestream. If you, if you want to volunteer to do something, just fill one of those out. Uh, that'll be that'll be great. And the last thing, plan to share some meals with other people. Uh, and I know some of you here are doing that, and that is awesome. Uh, but just plan to invite someone over, share a meal. When you do that, what are you doing? You're building community with other people, and it's a great thing. It's a great thing. Ask, what can I do to live out these godly expressions of love for one another? Uh, that's, that's a wonderful thing. So as uh, we close this morning, I, I want us to just close our eyes for a moment. We're just going to pray. Thank you.